Hello and welcome to Servant's Heart Chapel. I am Pastor Daryl, and I hope today's episode is a special blessing to you. On this fourth Advent Sunday, we're going to talk about how God with us brings peace. Our text for today is John chapter 14, uh, verse 27, where it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Images of Christmas and war don't easily fit together in our minds. The cold, cruel reality of war seems about as far as one can get from the warm generosity of the holiday season. The pain and suffering of battle contradict with the joy of celebration of Christmas. But for those who fought in World War I, Christmas arrived right in the midst of an intense global battle. Life in the trenches was brutal and gruesome. New technologies such as tanks and mustard gas had advanced military capabilities to kill even more efficiently and painfully. But against this backdrop, individuals chose peace. Early in the war, during December 1914, many German and British soldiers took peace into their own hands. On Christmas Eve, they sang and played carols to each other across the destroyed no-man's land. And they found they knew the same songs, just in a different language. On early Christmas Day, German soldiers walked across the scarred landscape, unarmed and shouting, Merry Christmas. I can almost imagine the discussion they had in the trenches. I think we should do it. We should go out there. No, it's crazy. They're going to shoot you. They're going to kill you. No, I'm going to do it. That, that's it. And, I, and one guy stepped up, right? And others cautiously followed him. <clears throat> we don't have the, the transcript from that, but I have a feeling it was along those lines. The Allied soldiers, a little distrustful at first, thinking it was a trap of some kind, crawled out of their trenches and joined them shaking hands and exchanging gifts of cigarettes and plum pudding. And they sang Christmas carols together. History.com says there was even a documented game of soccer during this unofficial ceasefire. I just want another guy who brought a soccer ball to trench warfare. The Christmas truce was never repeated. Unfortunately, the officers made sure, as I understand it too, that that it was hard getting them back to war after that. They actually had to exchange the troops because they just couldn't shoot the guys they just sang together with. But officers later on made sure that it was never repeated by threatening punishments. But on that special day, enemies placed their shared humanity before their grievances and experienced the Christmas spirit of peace in a truly powerful way. Can you imagine? That must have been quite a sight to see those enemy soldiers sharing Christmas peace. 
in a similar way. God's peace can fill us and rule within us even when we're surrounded by death and evil. God's presence and peace can pierce even dark and painful surroundings and circumstances, including war or any emotional valley we find ourselves in even during a pandemic. Christmas is typically and rightfully thought of as a season of joy. It can be a painful season for many people. Maybe you're one of them. What battles do you face today? What pain is relentlessly bombarding you as you hunker down in the trenches of life? What darkness haunts you even under the twinkling lights and candles and decorations? We may not be able to end the, the personal, emotional, cultural, or physical wars we're fighting this holiday season. But even those darkest places, we can lean into the God who is with us. As we continue our Advent journey toward Christmas, we are facing or we're focusing on and celebrating peace. The peace that has been brought into our world by Emmanuel. God with us. My hope is that today each of us will experience the comfort of Christ's deep peace within our souls. If you've been journeying with us in the past three weeks toward Christmas, you know we've been celebrating Advent. And as a quick recap, the word Advent means coming or arrival. And the season is marked by expectation, waiting, anticipating and longing. Advent is not just an extension of Christmas. It is a season that links the past, present, and the future. Advent offers us the opportunity to share in the ancient longing for the coming of the Messiah and to celebrate His birth, to be alert for His second coming. Advent looks back in celebration at the hope fulfilled in Jesus Christ's coming while at the same time looking forward in hopeful and eager anticipation to the coming of his kingdom when he returns for his people. During Advent, we wait for both. We focus on a different attribute of God represented in the coming of Jesus, hope, love, joy, and peace. Because Jesus is Emmanuel, literally meaning God with us, he is the embodiment of these traits who has entered into our world, and who fills us with them still. The shepherds in the Christmas story often get a bad rap. They're they're presented as outcasts, a dirty, unruly group that was the bottom rung of society. And while they definitely held a lower place in society, not all scholars believe they were so unrespectable. In fact, shepherds at one point had a very high position in, in, in Israel's history, faithful Jews would have known the stories of the patriarchs of their faith who were shepherds. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and even King David, to whom Jesus was a direct descendant. But whether or not shepherds of Jesus' day were a motley crew, the profession had undeniably fallen in esteem since the days of the patriarchs. They were definitely considered a lower class. 
they they held a menial vocation that involved hard labor in the elements and physical work with the animals. At the other end of the spectrum, in Israel at the time, there were the religious leaders of the day. Smog in their moral goodness and high positions of power, they made sure everyone knew their place in the caste system. Pharisees and Sadducees and the like at the top, everyone else below in descending order. They kept themselves lifted up by putting everyone else down. They believed they were the ones with a direct line to God and His purpose for everyone's lives. So in this hierarchy, shepherds weren't exactly accustomed to being contacted by angels. They didn't expect direct messages from God through celestial representatives uh, of light. Imagine their surprise on that star-filled night on the outskirts of Bethlehem when the brightest star in the sky dimmed and the whole dark expanse began to glow with the brilliant light of, the, of an angel of the Lord. Luke described the scene like this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. King James says they were sore afraid, and one child changed it to, they were sure afraid. What's, what was going on here? And then as if a vision of an angel wasn't enough, the, the glowing guy spoke to the shepherds, not to the priests, not to the religious teachers. He said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And we've recently learned that there was more meaning to this than we thought. Mangers at that time were made of stone. If a perfect lamb was born, the shepherds knew what to do with it. They knew that it would most likely be used as a sacrifice for sin because only the most perfect lambs could be used as a sacrifice for sin. And so the moment it was born to protect it, they wrapped the lamb in cloth and laid it in the stone manger to keep it safe. So when the, the meaning of finding a baby who they told were just told is the Messiah they've been waiting for in the same way, they find this baby in the same way as a sacrificial lamb would not have been lost to them. I'm sure they were just amazed at that moment. But wait, there's more more, as in more angels, suddenly this great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the, in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. 
almost more unbelievable than the messengers themselves. The angels were making a proclamation of peace to those on whom God's favor rests, and they were making it to shepherds. Can you imagine the confusion and the doubts that were going through their minds? Maybe at first they thought they were the only ones seeing this, and they were going losing their mind, and they realized everyone else was seeing it too. I think they got the wrong guys. But angels don't make mistakes. So I guess it's us. God's favor is on us and his peace with us. While we're on the subject of wondering what the shepherds might have been thinking during this angelic appearance, have you ever wondered what the sheep were doing this whole time? Were they just calmly sitting there, laying there, not even bothered at all by the bright lights and sound? Were they, were they running away out of fright? We don't know. Say, Perhaps it was chaos, maybe it wasn't. Whatever the case, this was completely out of the ordinary for the normal life of a shepherd. This wasn't supposed to happen to shepherds. Supernatural encounters with God's messengers and promises of blessings and favor didn't usually come to people like us. They were reserved for super spiritual religious leaders of the day. But like much of Jesus' coming, this announcement didn't fit the mold of expectations. Ironically, the religious elite were absent from the birth announcement, those considered by society to be the most holy weren't giving a place in the stable to kneel on holy ground and witness the arrival of Messiah. The announcement of the shepherds that God had come to be with us in the birth of the Messiah turned the current system on its head. It reminded people and reminds us today that God's favor is not based on human standards. His favor is on all those who humbly acknowledge their brokenness and accept the gifts of hope, love, joy, and peace that Jesus brings. The angels appeared to the shepherds. The shepherds received the announcement of good news, and they became the message bearers of peace themselves. In three short steps, they'd gone full circle. As Jesus' arrival meant a kind of restoration for the role of the shepherds. In fact, throughout his teaching, Jesus used shepherds as an example of good things, not bad. He even went as far as to call himself the good shepherd who loves and cares for his sheep. That restoration of wholeness and oneness with God is the essence of peace. The comforting knowledge that all is well as it should be brings peace of mind Jesus' arrival for the shepherds marked the starting place of peace to those whom his favor rests, to all those with whom he is present, which includes us. The God of peace is with us. Whatever's going on in my life, whatever trials I'm facing, the God of peace is with me. day of Advent, let's explore together what that means and looks like 
throughout history and in our own lives today. Way back in history, as recorded in the Old Testament, when God gave the law to Moses and set up the duties and roles of the priests to guide the spiritual life of the ancient Jews, he gave them the ultimate blessing to speak to the people. In Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, we read, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Hebrew word in that blessing and throughout the Old Testament is shalom. And it conveys a rich, powerful meaning, so much more than just the absence of fighting. Shalom reflects safety, completeness, and wholeness. This is the type of peace brought by God with us. Jesus is the Prince of Shalom, foretold by the prophet Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The Jews of Jesus' day wanted a Messiah to establish political justice against their oppressors. After all, they lived under the rule of the Roman Empire, and this was not by choice. They were a conquered people at the mercy of a powerful military empire, but the Jews also understood and longed for shalom. Completeness and wholeness with God is what Jesus brought into and left into our world. It is the peace that calms our souls deeply. It is the calm acceptance that it is well with my soul. No matter, in, in fact, the, the, uh, the man who wrote that hymn. It sent his wife and daughters over, over the Atlantic and, 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 the, uh, and there was a shipwreck. And, and his wife sent a telegram saying, saved alone to imply that his daughters had perished. Like any parent who's lost a child, he went through great grief. And in that, the words of it is well with my soul came to his mind and God brought, what did God bring him? God brought him peace. No matter what we're going through, God can and will bring us peace. This is the peace we celebrate today. And when Jesus returns one day, he will heal all that's been broken and restore God's complete kingdom of shalom. Yes, there will be an absence of war and hatred and thank God for that. But even that type of peace will be an extension of the wholeness that he will establish. Near the end of Jesus' life, he spoke these words to his disciples shortly before he was arrested and crucified. Right before things were going to get really bad for them. John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus knew his followers were about to experience a crushing blow, but 
He had a gift for them that was different from anything in our world. His peace is not given as the world gives. It is not a gift that can be taken away, nor is it something that we can create on our own. It is not the absence of pain, hurt, noise, violence, or uncertainty. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus with us as the Prince of Peace. And his assurance to the disciples was that even in what would appear to be the most hopeless of situations, he would be with them. His peace is his presence with us no matter the circumstances. Paul said to the Ephesians in 2.14, for he himself is our peace. As we experience God's presence, we become interwoven and inseparable from the peace that he is and that he gives us. Paul went on to say, He who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was is to create himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. God with us brings peace between God and us. But he also brings peace among people because we're all drawn together and unified in God through Jesus. This is the perfect picture of Shalom. Wholeness, safety, and the restoration of all people as one. Jesus' peace is not simply that we agree to disagree. It is in him we are made one. In wholeness, we're reconciled to God and to others in Jesus. How peaceful is your Christmas season? If we're honest, we might choose words like busy, hectic, frantic to describe our lives this time of year or maybe all year round. Maybe it's an overloaded schedule that robs you of peace, or maybe it's something more, relational conflict, pressure at work, a lost job, an illness, you name it. For many of us, peace sounds like a long way away, a good idea, a nice thought for the holidays, something we long for, if only we could feel the peace of God with us. This is where you find yourself today. Let me encourage you. That Jesus shows up when the storms of life threaten our peace and hope and joy. He is there with us when love seems lost and the way forward is totally unclear. But yes, even the disciples who live with Jesus every day had a hard time grasping this. Do you remember the story of the disciples on the Sea of Galilee? It must have been one bad storm on the water that day to make the disciples afraid. After all, they were fishermen, and they, they'd been on Galilee many times, many, many times. But they were scared. Actually, they were terrified. And the waves ro- rose, and, and the wind howled, and, and meanwhile, Jesus slept through it all. Finally, the disciples shook him awake. Shouting, don't you care what happens to us? Mark recorded it like this. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. 
And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And rebuked the wind and, and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. With just a command for peace from Jesus, the storm calmed and the sea turned tranquil. It's not surprising the, the disciples were in awe. Disciples sound a lot like us. When things aren't looking good for us, it's easy to cry out to God, God, don't you care? We're afraid he's not paying attention and, and, and doesn't realize the magnitude of the situation, and we, and we add to the spiral of our own storm. But in reality, God is there. He is with us, always present. He knows all that swirls around and within us. He sees beyond the waves and winds of our circumstances. The power of His presence, of His peace, isn't diminished by our own storms. We can allow it to fill our hearts with calm and courage as we turn to Him, giving our requests to Him in prayer and focusing on His faithfulness. God with us will never leave us. He will never fail. In this presence of peace that we celebrate on our journey toward Christmas, and this is the presence of peace we can take and practice. How can we practice it? When we come to God through prayer, He changes us inside. God's peace is able to bring a powerful transformation in our spirits. No matter what we are anxious or worried about, we can bring our needs and requests to God. Paul described it like this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for that. As we talk to him and give him thanks, God, God's peace swells within us and guards our emotions. I felt God's peace most in war. When the enemy was shooting at us, I felt perfectly calm. I knew God was in control. It's interesting, other parts of my life, it's been harder. I found it easier to trust God when someone is shooting at me than when I'm dealing with something else in my life. But God knows what we're dealing with. This is our Prince of Peace, the giver of shalom. Let me encourage you in this final week of Advent to look for him. Even when the winds blow and the storms swirl, you may find him as a babe lying in a manger or a carpenter's son asleep on the boat. It may initially seem to you as it did to the disciples that he does not care. But in the midst of whatever life holds this week, remember that Jesus comes in power as the Prince of Peace. And I'll leave you with one final verse here. 
from 2 Thessalonians 3.16. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. May that be true for you this week and in the coming year. Let us stand. Well, that's all for today. We certainly hope it was a blessing to you. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at servantsheartchapel at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go to servantsheartchapel.org. Have a wonderful day.